Welcome back to Cloud of Witnesses, episode 26. I'm calling this one Treasures of the Trials. It's a reference to a Getty song entitled, Jesus, Draw Me Ever Near. Listen to just a few of the lines from that song. Jesus, draw me ever near as I labor through the storm. You have called me to this passage, and I'll follow, though I'm worn. Let the treasures of the trial form within me as I go, and at the end of this long passage, let me leave them at your throne. That's the heart of what this episode is about today, the treasures of the trials. I'll leave a link for that song in today's show notes. I encourage you to listen. It's such a blessing. Thanks so much for joining me today. I trust you had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. If you'd like to support the production of Cloud of Witnesses, you can do so at www.EnduringWitnesses.com. That's www.EnduringWitnesses.com. Do you know how a diamond is made? Well, at very high pressures and temperatures, the carbon atoms are squeezed so much that they start touching more atoms. When the pressure is about 50,000 times the pressure at the surface of the Earth, and the temperature is about 1,600 degrees Celsius, the carbon atoms bond with four other atoms and result in diamonds. When is gold considered more valuable? The value of gold is most realized when gold is pure, so the goldsmith has to refine the ore. Gold melts at around 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Gold is very dense, so the impurities tend to come to the surface as the gold melts down. Those impurities are then scraped off and the gold is cooled. Do you feel like you're under more pressure than you can endure? Does life feel like it's burning you at a temperature near 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit? It could be that the Lord is forming in you diamonds and pure gold, meaning He is producing in you a witness that is even more reflective of His glory. The process can feel utterly crushing at times, but the treasures of the trials make it worth it all. So, in light of this, the Lord laid it on my heart to share our story. I've alluded to it in other episodes, but it just felt like the right time to go ahead and tell you how the Lord has led us over the past three years and what he's led us through. Um, And to do that, I've invited, of course, my favorite guest, my hubby. Thank you for coming back on. Oh, absolutely. I feel very honored to be on your podcast again. (laughs) This is great. I get more than one appearance. Wow. (laughs) Well, I think this one's going to be harder. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, My hubby is being very sacrificial because... Um, sharing personal details is not his (laughs) (laughs) go-to. That's very true. Maybe an understatement. Uh, Yeah. So, (laughs) but as I told him the idea that the Lord lay on my heart, he was very willing to, um, I guess I should say, cooperate with the process. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really thankful for your willingness to just share our story. Sure. Absolutely. I, um, and I think as, I've kind of walked with you through this whole podcast uh, starting of it and talking about the motivations behind it. Um, You know, I, I see and, and seeing even the evidence of the characters that you've outlined uh, historically and the people you've interviewed um, there's, there's so much value in the testimonies of these people. And that means that there's value in our story too. And and I don't want to dismiss that value mm-hmm. because I think that may be a false sense of humility. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I do believe that there is value to the things that we've gone through over the last couple of years. And obviously our story is not done. Right. right? So mm-hmm. I, we know that. Mm-hmm. And we firmly believe that God is sovereign even over the trials, mm-hmm. uh, even over the difficulties. Mm-hmm. And as all of your episodes have proved time and time again, you know, this is a significant truth, um, one of those timeless ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've we've experienced that. Right. And, you know, I, I, I think as we kind of get into the story, we definitely don't want to come across as we're the only people who have suffered. Absolutely not. And really, I think contextualizing this with 
all of your other episodes and all of the people you've talked to, you know, it'd be hard to come away with that conclusion. But we, we definitely recognize that there are many, many people who suffered and many who suffered in greater ways than we have. Oh, a hundred percent. I just thought, you know, I've alluded to our story in multiple episodes and I thought, you know, instead of just kind of him hawing around about it. Well, I'll just go ahead and tell our story sure. so people can have that kind of as a reference point. And um, with what the Lord has been um, teaching us and revealing himself to be, I just felt like, you know, we should talk about that and, and share that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, I, I really appreciate your willingness to, to help me tell our story. Because yeah. I told Jason... I could do this on my own, but it's our story. And so yeah. I feel like it, it would only be um, half as good as it could be sure. if I don't include you in it. Well, I'm honored to be here. <laughs> really, what we're just going to do is um, walk my listeners through um, what happened. And um, it started in 2019. Um, and we lived in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. And we had been there at that point for, I think, about not eight nine, years, years, nine years, eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me especially, that's been the longest I've ever lived anywhere. So yeah. that really had become home. And we had purchased our first home while we lived there. And the Lord had blessed in a way that we were able to start remodeling our home and just kind of making it our own. And yeah. um, it was a home where we um, entertained a lot, um, mm -hmm. especially children. Um, we yeah. just kind of, um, the Lord allowed it to be, Grand Central. And so <laughs> it was kind of the neighborhood home. It, kind it really was, was. Uh, the neighborhood home across, across town, you know, kids <laughs> yeah. who that's another long story. We called them our kids, but um, anyway, so we, we use that home a lot by God's grace to just kind of be uh, Grand Central for a lot of people to hang yeah. out. And, and we absolutely loved being able to do that. We did. Yeah. It was a blessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then of course, um, we all know what 2020 held, and that was COVID. So we fully know that when we bring up COVID, we know that that represents a trial to every person who is listening. So yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was one of those shared sufferings that we mm -hmm. had, mm -hmm. you know, all together. Mm -hmm. uh, and so many people were impacted uh, by it. And during COVID, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, which is, uh, it's a big blow. And of course, not living close to her, I wasn't able to see a lot of the slow decline that Alzheimer's starts out as. Uh, but other people had noticed, and definitely my dad had noticed, and and uh, through a series of tests that she went through, the doctors basically came to the conclusion that she had Alzheimer's. Um, so because of that, one of the things that we decided was that because of mom's Alzheimer's, dad was going to need a significant amount of help as the disease progressed to care for mom. And so we decided to move to Utah. So that was the beginning of the big change, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, facing the difficulty of really grabbing a hold of what mom's Alzheimer's meant for us as a whole mm -hmm. and how that would impact our lives going forward and then making the decision to move and then starting all of that, everything that's incorporated with that in making a cross country move, mm -hmm. uprooting your family. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there was a lot, there was a lot going mm -hmm. there. And we can't underscore enough that we did this willingly. Oh, 100%. So we're going to mention difficulties that happened as a result of us making this decision, but yeah. we, we did it willingly. We wanted to do this. We felt yes. like the Lord was leading us to do it. And, um, yes. so we announced our move, um, I believe to, um, where Jason worked and to our children in January of 2021. And so then our remodeling process, became a process to get the house ready to, to give away yeah, and, um, to sell, to sell. Yeah. And, um, it, again, we did it willingly, but it was very, very difficult for me. Yeah. And, um, I think any woman who is a homemaker can relate to the difficulty of selling your home. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and especially, I, I remember even back in the day when I used to watch HGTV a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would watch these shows where they remodel their house to get ready to sell. And I always thought, how in the world do they do that? That has to be so difficult. And now I could say, actually, that is very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, after we made the move, even, um, there were times where I, I just missed that home. And the Lord so sweetly brought to mind Matthew nineteen twenty nine, And it says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold. The Holy Spirit just greatly comforted my heart that, yeah. you know what, we did this decision because we believed that it was what the Lord wanted us to do. Yeah. So it was okay to give away even a house yeah. to follow the Lord. Yeah, yeah. During the time when we are remodeling everything and making preparations to move, um, dad and mom came out to kind of help us wrap up a few projects and visit for a little while. And during that time that he was there, uh, we, we also spent some time just having fun too. And we got up one morning, uh, went to breakfast that morning, and uh, dad ended up not feeling very well. So, you know, asking some of his symptoms and come to find out, it, it seemed like it may be something with his heart. So I phoned a friend of mine uh, who's a physician's assistant and I kind of asked him a few questions, talked to him about things, got his perspective. Should we go to the hospital? You know, what, what kind of course of action do you think we should take? Um, he was pretty concerned uh, and he said, you really need to keep an eye on him. And if certain things change, then you need to, you need to go in and get some help. Probably about an hour after I had that conversation with him, he called me back and he said, look, I just, something's not right. And I can't get this out of my head and I, I can't stop thinking about it. So I called a doctor friend of mine, who's a cardiologist here. And I got an appointment for you. Can you bring your dad to his office? in like 45 minutes. I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll bring him in. So we brought him in uh, and the cardiologist started, you know, his intake questions and asking dad about his symptoms. And they hooked him up to the EKG machine and uh, I visibly saw the cardiologist change about halfway through this conversation that he's having with dad. Um, and he finally told us, he said, you're having a heart attack and you need to go to the hospital right now. So we jumped in the car. Thankfully, his office was literally right across the street from the hospital. We jumped in the car, drove him to the hospital, and the, the cardiologist had actually called ahead to the hospital and said, there's a patient coming, it's a heart attack, and you need to get him in right away. And so they were literally waiting for us at the door when we got there, and they took dad in, and uh, he was having a, a massive heart attack uh, with a hundred percent blockage on one of his arteries, they were able to uh, come in, clean out the blockage, and put a stent in. Uh, and just, I mean, we could probably make one whole episode of yeah. just talking about all of the things that went right. Well, and that. as you're as you're talking, I'm just sitting here thinking that is just so indicative of everything that we're going to talk about tonight because it's like hardship followed by God's amazing grace, for lack of a better way to say yeah. it, in just showing us that he is the only one that can meet our needs in his time, in his way. Yeah. And so it's like hardship, God's grace, hardship, God's grace. Yes. Look what God did. Look what God did. Oh, this is really hard. Look what God did. Right. right. Um, and so that was, in some ways, that was kind of the beginning of, of yes. that pattern yeah. over the last couple of years. Yeah, it really was. And I know we'll talk about lessons at the end, but that you're you're absolutely right. I mean, this is one of those things uh, where you're able to see clear evidence that God is with you. Mm -hmm. And this was one of them. I mean, so many things went right. You know, speaking with the emergency room doctor that put the stent in, he said, look, the place where your dad had his blockage was called a widowmaker. People don't survive this, but he was in the right place at the right time, got medical treatment at the right time and the right type of medical treatment and things turned out well. Mm -hmm. um, but he said, most people don't survive this. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was uh, a huge blow for us. And thankfully dad was able to make it home and, and there was people there to help him and 
help him care for mom still. Uh, so that I think was April of uh, 2021. Yeah. So in the meantime, we'd been looking for a house to move into when we moved to Utah. Um, never you mind that most of California had decided that they wanted to also move to Utah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the prices for the housing there in Utah were just skyrocketing. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but Jason was so diligent to just hunt and search for a house that we could move into. So we finished what we could of the house um, and we had not yet sold the house, but the the, it was a seller's market at the time. And so mm-hmm. we we had, you know, confidence that the Lord could sell this um, yeah. newly remodeled home. Um, and so because we had not yet found a house, um, we moved in with your folks on Memorial Day of 2021. Yeah. Um, and we were so thankful to have that opportunity because, you know, Almost, well, truly our entire married life, we'd lived away from both sets of our parents. And so even though it was not our ideal plan, of course, we wanted our own home. Sure, yeah. (laughs) That we we didn't go, our initial plan was not to move in with your parents because we were moving to be a help. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the Lord did not have that for us. But I know that you felt very passionately that we just needed to go ahead and be in Utah. And so we moved um, in faith believing that the Lord was Mm going to provide something for us because we knew that Jehovah Jireh can do anything. Right. right. So um, we just went ahead and moved in with um, your parents and they were very gracious um, to allow us to do so. Of course, there were a few, um, you know, hiccups hiccups and adjustments (laughs) um, to moving an entire family into someone else's home. But we were very thankful to have um, those two months with your parents um, of just having fun and creating memories and cooking together and worshiping together. One of my favorite things that we did um, in those two months was um, go to a rodeo. Um, Your mom loved rodeos so much. And we came home from camp and we were absolutely exhausted, but dad and mom even were going to a rodeo when they wanted us to go. And we went and um, I'm just so, so thankful for that sweet memory, especially with your mama. Yeah. Yeah, she really loved that, and and really it was the I mean the the couple months let's see we moved on Memorial Day so mm-hmm. you know June and July mm-hmm. and we just had some really good times connecting mm-hmm. and it had been a while I mean you know we we lived in North Carolina and they lived in Utah and we did that for a decade mm-hmm. yeah so we hadn't had a lot of time with them yeah before that was Idaho for five years so it was it was good times to and and it was good to um. You know, we definitely, through that time, our eyes were open to mom's struggles with Alzheimer's. And you see the day-to-day, mm-hmm. the the regular difficulties of living with that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reinforced to us that this was the right move, mm-hmm. um, that this is where we needed to be mm-hmm. uh, to help and be a blessing. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were really, really good times. Uh, so 2021... Uh, my mom was going to turn 70 uh, in, in September of 2021. And so she really wanted to get together with some of her family and friends that lived in Colorado. Uh, so we planned a big shindig, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and so we met a bunch of family up there and just had a beautiful mm-hmm. celebration. Mm-hmm. It was really a good time. It was mm-hmm. kind of a mix of a birthday party and a family reunion. Yeah, your mom did not want anybody to know she was turning 70. So, <laughs> it, we, you know, it was kind of like we're having a family reunion, but we right. all knew. We all knew. <laughs> Everybody knew we were celebrating <laughs> her 70th birthday. <laughs> yeah. And she really had, she had a wonderful time, mm-hmm. an absolutely wonderful time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really just some good, a lot of goodness mm-hmm. that came out of that. Mm-hmm. But right after that, we all got COVID pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, I think dad got it first. And then it just kind of, by the end of everything, it made its way through all of us. Mm-hmm. But he started getting really sick. And because of his heart attack, not too many months before that, it really affected his heart. And he, uh, multiple times throughout his sickness, I had to take him into... Uh, the emergency room at least twice through that so he could get some care for his heart 
while he had COVID. Uh, and so this, that was, it was really tough on him. And like I said, eventually it, it got all of us. I got sick with it and then mom got sick with it and all of the kids got it and you got it. Um, but it really intensely affected my mom. And probably one of the things that we noticed was that it seemed to have an exaggerated effect on her Alzheimer's. She and didn't seem to understand the effect of COVID on her or the steps necessary to make things right, to get better. But it really kind of settled into her lungs and made breathing very difficult and her oxygen levels dropped and she had to go into the hospital and they just could never, they could never get her right again after that. With all of those conditions, all of those things, they basically said there's there's no real hope for your mom ever getting better. So they ended up putting her on hospice care and she was able to come home for a little bit. Which she really wanted. Which she really wanted. That was yeah, the one thing that, that she her, said. Yeah, her one request was, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. She was able to come home for, uh, I mean, it was probably 24 hours. There, right, right at the end. And my brother and sister and their families came, but we weren't able to be together because the COVID was so contagious. Uh, the, the variant, whatever we had at that point, was so contagious, they just couldn't even be close. And so... They would stay outside, and um, my sister was expecting at that time, so we really, we really didn't want her to get it at all. So they would stay outside, and we would talk on the phone through the window, and um, they were able to see, see mom, and have some good conversations with her. And she was relatively cogent when she came home, and we had some good, good times. But overnight, her health declined significantly, and uh, we lost her the next day, and. Um, and that was really, really hard. That was really hard. And it was, I mean, it was hard for a lot of reasons. Number one, at that point, all of us were sick. Every single one of us. Dad was getting some better, but he still had not recovered his strength. Mm -hmm. um, he still was having problems with his heart. And he'd lost, I don't know, what, 20 pounds? Yeah, maybe. A lot. He lost a lot of weight. He didn't have the energy. I was really sick. You had just gotten sick. All of the kids had been sick. Mm -hmm. Everybody had been sick. We mm -hmm. were really, really sick. Mm -hmm. It was a horrible, horrible experience. Yeah. And it was just really hard. I, I mean, there's... Yeah, I mean, we could make a whole episode about just how painful that process was. You know, I yeah. mean, literally the COVID was painful. Yeah. But, I mean, we were... We were in a big house, so we could quarantine from each other even. And sure. so, yeah. you know, that being separated through all of all of this heartache, you know. Yeah. We didn't ha even have each other to lean on physically, mm -hmm. you know, and just a hug and <laughs> right. just yeah. holding each other and things like that. So yeah. there was just so many difficulties mingled in all of that, um, in just the COVID itself. Yeah. But then, you know, like you've brought up the complication with Dad Eamon's heart and then Mom's Alzheimer's and just the separation from the rest of the family and then mom ultimately um, passing away. It was just, it was heartache after heartache after heartache. And it was three solid weeks of, yeah. of quarantine and just in that house trying to figure out how to, mm -hmm. how to help mom especially. And, and of course help dad too. I mean, yeah. he was touch and go a few times. And, he really was. And you were very, very, very sick. Yeah. Um, it's the sickest I've ever been. Yeah. And while you were sick, you were trying to help your parents because, you know, me, Ella and Jackson had not yet gotten it. Right. And so you were trying to protect us from getting it. And yeah. Yeah. I think of everything that we're going to talk about today, those three weeks were probably, I will say, I will say personally, the darkest part oh, of man. those two years. I would probably say it's like the bottom dropped out of everything yeah. in three weeks, yeah. right? Everything was going well. Yeah. And, you know, we still had, we still hadn't found a place to live yet or those types of things, but things were relatively good. Yeah. And in three weeks, everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like the lowest point in the valley of the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the deepest part of the valley. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was really really hard, really hard. And so, it, and and it just really made us question why in the world yeah. you know why are we here? I mean, right. this was never the goal. 
we, no. you know, we, we came here to help. Right. Um, and so it, there, there was a lot of questioning, a mm. lot of soul searching. And a lot of doubts, a, a lot, lot of fears. Mm-hmm. And those can plague you even more than a sickness, you know? Oh, it was, it, it, and especially, in, I mean, because you, you eventually get physically better. Yeah. But after all of that. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the weeks and months following, you know, the funeral and everything like that. You're just plagued. Yeah. Plagued with, well, what now? Yeah. I mean, this this was our plan. <laughs> right. We moved here to help mom, and she's not she's with not us here. anymore. Yeah. But praise the Lord, she needs no help. Yes. <laughs> she is taken care of with, with yeah. the Lord, you know. And that was, uh, again, we'll I know we'll talk about lessons later, but that was another one of those major comforts is that, you know, I don't, I don't know what I feared worse, the Alzheimer's or... You know something else, and it seems almost as if God was in the darkness, was incredibly merciful. Mm-hmm. You know, to spare Mom from all of the dehumanizing effects of Alzheimer's. Yeah. And I, again, I don't know God's ultimate plans. Yeah. I just know what I experienced. Right. Exactly. Um, so that was uh, the you know late summer, early fall of 2021 mm-hmm. but we had even some more things to go through after that yeah and um, and here is um you know we talked about how we would go through something difficult and then god's grace kicked kicked in or however you yeah. want to say that <laughs> um but um the lord opened up a house 11 houses down from dad eman right after that i mean yeah. and so we could rental. not it was a rental but yep. We were just shocked at how God did that, you know, because we had been looking all over the place for a house Yeah, and he just opened one up that close to your dad. And so it seemed very perfect. It seemed perfect. You know, we were just so thankful for, Mm. for that touch of God's kindness to us in that time. So we got resituated and we moved into the rental um, that was September, and then um, at the end of November, my grandma passed away. Yeah. So that was another kind of big loss for us in 2021. But we were thankful to have the house and a place to live and be close to dad and be able to still help him. But as we came into 2022, things with the employer that I was with at the time started to really slow down. And and essentially, in January of 2022, he had to lay me off. I just didn't have enough work and, you know, wasn't able to keep things going. So at that point, then I had to find a, had to start looking for something else. So I I was able to do, pick up some freelance stuff and, you know, stretch and make things work for a little bit. But between January of 2022 and June of 2022... Um, I essentially wasn't employed or was underemployed just with freelance work that I could do for myself. And that was really hard. I mean, I put in, in the course of 2022 as a whole, I think I put in 80 applications Mm -hmm. or something like that. And was just constantly trying to reach out to people in my network, figure out what opportunities were available, any of those things, but just nothing, just nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. And that was tough. Mm. That was really tough. And of course, you know, even though you don't have the income coming in, you still have the expenses going out. Mm-hmm. You know, we still had rent to pay and we still mm-hmm. had to keep the lights on and mm-hmm. all of those things. So that that was another layer to the difficulty that was there. Um, but then you also started to experience some difficulties health-wise during that time too, right? Yeah, and it, it wasn't new, but I... I found a doctor and was diagnosed with Hashimoto's um, and I've had thyroid issues for a long time, but was finally diagnosed, I think accurately with Hashimoto's disease. And if, if you could have a disease, this would be the one to get. So I don't want to over-exaggerate of that it being absolutely devastating, but it was kind of one of those, if you add enough things together, you finally do get a big number. And so it was just, it was another Another thing. thing. Yeah. And, and just trying to figure out how to, you know, treat this and, yes. and that was overwhelming. And, um, yep. yeah. And th- but then there was another bright spot, right? I mean, your folks moved out to Utah. 
Yes, and that, again, another episode could be de- devoted <laughs> sure, to yeah. their story because they have a story to tell too. But um, we were thankful that you know, because again, we had lived away from our parents our entire marriage. Oh yeah. And so here we are, eleven houses down from your dad, and then my folks are moving to the same state. So that was neat to have them closer. Yeah, yeah, it was. So some good things. Mm-hmm. So some good things. Um, so June of that year, I was able to get on with a contractor there in Salt Lake, and it was, I mean, it was work. I was thankful for it. Yeah. Um, but it was a hard job, mm-hmm. and I think hard. I mean, not only physically, but also the workplace environment was just not good. Um, it was pretty toxic. Uh, so there was a lot of even just mental, f- spiritual, emotional things to deal with, with that job, mm-hmm. but it really caused me some physical problems as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, that was tough. Uh, eventually, uh, just had to leave, leave that position. I sometime October, November of that year, you know, again, kind of a positive negative mm-hmm. type of thing mm-hmm. that was going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and went back to doing some more freelance work and trying to trying to work for myself a little bit uh, through that those those couple of months there at the end of end of 2022. It was so hard to watch you go through that, you know, because yeah. you had already been through so much, and and then your heart was so much to provide for us, and the job that you the Lord had led you to was, like you said, physically damaging to you. Yeah. And so just, you were still grieving the, you know, the loss of your mom and still recovering really from COVID and, yeah. um, and then just dealing with this toxic work environment and physical difficulties. It was just so, <laughs> I don't want to sound selfish at all, but it was hard for me to watch you go through that, you know, sure. just, um, just kind of seeing the, the light in your eyes grew so yeah. dim during that time, you know? Yeah, it was, it was definitely some dark days. Um, we were able to make it like a full year in the rental house, but... Oh, and we say make it in air quotes. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, with being underemployed or unemployed for essentially the entire, almost the entire year of 2022. Yeah. Um, you just... You, that does not make financial sense. No. <laughs> and so uh, when our year lease was up in the house, we ended up moving back in with dad uh, for the last couple months of 2022 there. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, it just, the last, up to that point, life circumstances, situations, all the things that we went through had taken just about everything from us. Mm-hmm. Just about everything. Yeah, we talked about it before we started recording, just the word loss. Yeah. Just every category had felt like a loss, yes. you know? Yeah. Because even, even where we felt like we were gaining ground, then that would be taken away from us. Yeah. A loss of purpose, mm-hmm. you know, financial loss, mm-hmm. a loss of people that we loved mm-hmm. in our life. Mm-hmm. A loss of health. A loss of health. A, lo- a loss of house. Yep. So it was a lot of losses. Mm-hmm. Some dark times. Some dark times for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was even thinking that Christmas I even had the flu. <laughs> so it was yeah, like, it, right. was, it was hard all the way through. For like a through week. Through December. Yes, I was very, you like, were, it you was. You were really sick. Yeah. But anyway, just to, <laughs> just to <laughs> kind of cap it off. <laughs> hammer in the point that yeah. it was a hard year. It was a hard year. Yeah. <laughs> so 20, 2022 is, is a year that. It's for the books. Yeah. And you want to say I want to forget it, but I think. The lessons that we learned, I mean, there's, there's valuable things there. So you don't, I don't ever want to say like, I don't want to remember that year again. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really hard. I don't, I don't like to choose to think about it. Yeah. But I think when the Lord brings it back to mind and when things happen, there's value to be gained from it. Well, and that's, you know, the fact that I wanted to record our story is evidence that we don't want to forget it. And right. I know that so often in Bible times, the people were encouraged to set up memorials yeah. so that every time they see that, they can go back to that memorial and say, look what God did. Yeah. And I mean, if we thought through it, I I would dare say every one of those memorials represents a hardship that the Lord rescued sure. those people from. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, 
and the memorial is a, a an opportunity to just pause and give God the glory. So yeah. in our very feeble way, that's what yeah. we're trying to do. This with kind this of is episode. a little bit of a memorial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we came into 2023 and we were in Salt Lake running a couple errands, doing some things. And uh, yeah, once again, we see God's providence in some incredible ways. We we had dropped off my folks at the airport. Right. And we like to usually go on a little date after that. And so we were trying to figure out, because it was breakfast time, well, where should we go to breakfast? So we looked on our map app and breakfast near me. And yeah. so one of the options was IHOP. And so, Dad, even if you're listening to this, we went to IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside story. Anyway, yeah. we went to IHOP in the Salt Lake area, and we yeah, we, now this is this is Salt Lake City, so yeah. this is like a very large city. Yeah, um, and we're close to the downtown area. We're not in a rural subdivision or anything like that. Yeah, um, we walk into this IHOP, and I look across, and sitting at a booth right there near the entrance was some friends that I hadn't seen in I don't know a really long time. Yeah. Uh, from Elko, Nevada. Uh-huh. Which and, is where you grew up and where is, we lived when we were first married. Right. And so to see somebody, I mean, to see somebody that you know in a very large city is one thing, especially if you're in a neighborhood where there's people that you know. Sure. But these are people that don't live in Salt Lake City. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't live in Salt Lake City. And we just happen to, again, I'm using air quotes, <laughs> we happen to run into each other Yeah. Uh, at this particular place at this particular time. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, caught up for a little bit, had our breakfast. Uh, you know, during the breakfast, he kind of got a little bit of our story as far as just like what we were currently doing and, you know, what was going on in our, on in our lives and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, gave him a little synopsis. and They left and then we sat down at our table to eat. And then I think the wife came and told us that they wanted to pay for our breakfast. So... Yeah. In the backdrop of knowing how crushed we had been financially, right. that in and of itself was so tender of the Lord yeah. to have lined up seeing them, which was encouraging enough just to see them and talk to them. Yep. And then they paid for our breakfast. Um, yeah. So that was, it was just the Lord's grace again. You know? And it's, for those of you who are really good at these acts of mercy mm-hmm. don't stop you don't know how uh-huh. much they mean and yeah. they might seem really insignificant to you yeah mm-hmm. they might seem small yeah they're not no they're not small because i remember i mean uh, on the way home we were both in tears yeah and and oh, you're yeah. on the brink of it right now yeah. but we just both said how much it restored our hope in god sure. that god saw us and he knew um, he knew our need, and he he provided for us even in that quote unquote just, little way. Right. You know? It was a token. It was one of those tokens that reminds you again, you're not alone. God is with you. Mm-hmm. He sees what's going on, mm-hmm. and you can trust him. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really beautiful, a beautiful thing that happened mm-hmm. by chance. Right. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. No, providentially. I mean, this was this was all God's providence. And so a couple of weeks later, he gives me a call, says, hey, I might have a job opportunity for you, but it's here in Elko. You know, you'd have to move again. <laughs> so this is between 2021 when we left North Carolina and t- the January of 2023, we moved we had One. already moved three times. We've already moved three times. Yeah. This would be time number four. Yeah. Right? Time yeah. number four. Uh, I ended up taking the position and start and started working, but we still, once again, couldn't find a place to live. Uh, so the rental market was really tight. The housing market was really tight. Uh, and so we just couldn't find anything. And so for three months, I would work in Elko Monday through Friday and then drive home on Friday afternoon and I'd be home Saturday, Sunday, and then I'd drive back. And this is a, it's a three hour drive. So it's another gain with another loss because we gained a job and I felt like I lost my husband for three months. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, 
again, you know, a positive with a negative. Yeah. But the Lord got us through that. We found a place to live mm-hmm. and we're finally able to in, uh, what was it, May? May, May of this and, year, this past year. And where we live is because of the graciousness of the person who helped you find a job and the person who helped pay for our breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> so we we will never be able to say thank you big enough. No, uh-uh. So that was, it was nice to be all back together again. Yeah. It was hard to leave your dad. It was. Um, because uh, he was the whole reason we had moved to Utah was to help him. Right. Um, and so that felt like a loss. Yeah. But we could not argue with God's timing no. in our lives. And so we just, with his blessing, we left and, yeah. and came here. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, God provided even in that several months later. <laughs> My dad ends up getting married. And I think it I think it goes to show that you can plan a whole lot of things out, but God just knows what's better. It's amazing. He it's just, just knows what's amazing. Better. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was good. We've been here in the Elko area now since altogether since May. Mm-hmm. And still, you know, even in the last a couple of months that well, so this would have been through the summer and into the fall of this year. Still face some difficulties with employment, just not finding something that's the right fit. And uh, it was hard. It was hard once again to be struggling with a job. Well, and to just again have those doubts of, yeah. you know, the Lord led us here so clearly and led you to this job. And then the job was another toxic environment. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. so. It's, it was just one of those, Lord, what, what are you doing? And, yeah. and why do you seem to keep doing it this way? You right. know? Right. Yeah. But once again, the Lord opens up an opportunity and currently I'm employed, <laughs> which is a good thing. And I feel like I'm employed in a place where the skills that I have fit the job that's being asked me to do. And it seems like a really good thing. Yeah. So that's been good. Since September. It's been a lot more settling, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just been a hand in glove fit, and it's been neat to see the light come back into your eyes, and yeah. and um, just things have been more stable in the past few months. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think now we want to kind of shift a little bit, talk about some of the lessons learned, and I think we want to do it in two ways. One, the first way is to talk about some of the hardest things that we faced over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then we want to talk about the lessons that we've learned, the things that God has really showed us about himself mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to start? Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking, um, I just think the word loss would define, and I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think the word loss would really define what was hardest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what we what we really didn't talk about and what i find so difficult to talk about um even with um having guests on to interview the categories that i have not tackled are relational hurts and marital hurts mm-hmm. because those are so personal and so private and i know yeah. there is beauty in discretion and so yeah. i do um i do want to honor that that but- characteristic but um, things that we haven't talked about um, are some relational hurts that we also dealt with mm-hmm. in the process of those two years. And and all of this was very, very difficult on our marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, really, really took a toll on our marriage. And so I, I think those would be, for me, the hardest things yeah. are the losses, the additional relational hurts that for sake of discretion, we're just not going to discuss. And um, and marital mm-hmm. struggles, um, those were just devastating. And, and I feel like we're still, um, we still have some residual um, struggles because yeah. of, of the things that the Lord allowed us to go through, you know. There's, there's just collateral damage to all of this. I mean, yeah. we've told you the, the big parts yeah. of all the stuff that has happened over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But all of that, <laughs> I mean, we'd be lying if we said that, we responded to all of that really well yeah. and didn't have any other problems because of the problems that we were facing. It's hard to respond to suffering in God glorifying ways. Yep. It's hard. Well, and that's, I mean, that's a catalyst of this whole podcast Yeah, is 
I finally realized I was absolutely drowning. Yeah. And um, I, I needed some kind of lifesaver. Um, and so the Lord graciously gave me the idea to start studying, of course, of course, in addition to already studying the Bible, mm-hmm. um, I never wanted to downgrade the importance of being in the word of God. And Absolutely. I was, and not perfectly. And there were times that I did not want to be, Yeah. but I was in the word of God, but the Lord gave me the idea to start studying Christian biographies and because I knew that so many believers had been through so much and yet endured victoriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, not sure where I was going with that, but... <laughs> well, we just we just had to have some kind of example of yeah. somebody who endured difficulty and did it well. Yeah. Because we, were, we weren't doing it we well. We weren't doing it well, <laughs> no. Yeah, so we needed that hope that, oh, you can endure with hope. Yeah. Um. And of course, you know, that comes, you know, your kind of your biblical theme for this whole thing from, you know, Hebrews 12. Yeah. Jesus endured. Yeah. You know, and so to see that endurance of Jesus not just stay with him, but get passed along to his followers. Yeah. To see that, yes, Jesus endured. And because Mm -hmm. Jesus endured, then this person endured. And this other person endured. And this other person endured. And this other person endured. And I can endure too. Yeah. Um, so that being said, do you feel like you brought up and sh- discussed your, what were the hardest things for you? Yeah. I mean, obviously I think loss was one. Yeah. Uh, I think that was, uh, yeah, I, for me as well, that was, you're just, everything is yeah. taken away. Yeah. Taken away. And I think, uh, um, the difficulty that I, the difficulties that I've had finding work, yeah. um, has been hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's been hard to deal with. I think so much of who I perceive myself to be is wrapped up in what I can do. Mm-hmm. And when nobody wants wants you for what you can do, yeah. It it can be problematic for you. Yeah. And it was for me. Yeah. Just kind of feel like your identity was yeah, stripped away from you maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and you struggle with, well, if I can't do this, then who am I? Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, it's not a a pleasant thing to reveal about yourself. Yeah. Because you would hope mm-hmm. that as you think about, well, what if I couldn't do what I'm doing, what I really love doing right now, you would hope that you could say, oh, I would be fine. Mm-hmm. I would just take whatever God gives me and be content with that. Mm-hmm. And ideally... That's what you want. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But so much of our circumstances, so much of our experience, so much of my experience in trying to find work was demoralizing. It was hard. And I think just to the core of of what our functions have been was shaken, you know, because yeah. like I discussed at the beginning where, you know, so much of a homemaker's identity is her home. Yeah. And when you lose your home, yeah, it, you, you feel lost, right. you know, and when, and again, we didn't lose it. We gave it. Right. Um, right. but then, you know, with you not having the job situation yeah. where, what, where you liked it to be, that, that shook you at your core of who you were. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think the other, the other, and maybe this is a good kind of segue into what we want to talk about next, but the more difficulties that you face in life, uh, the more discontent I got with the here and now. Mm. Like sometimes the world is not a good place. Yeah. It's not a good place and it's Mm -hmm. not pleasant and it's not nice and it's ugly and hard and troublesome and painful. And you get to the point where you long for something better. There has to be something better than this because what I'm experiencing right now is really disappointing and it's really unsatisfying. And I, I think that all of those losses brought me to that. I guess I would call it a holy dissatisfaction, thankfully with the world and everything it has to offer. Yeah. I'm really thankful that we have a hope 
of something better, that Jesus is making something for us better, better than this, because this has been disappointing. Yeah. Um, and when you have so much loss, I think it, it highlights, it highlights that you need something more than what this world can offer. Well, and that's one of my points in what we've learned is the curse of sin is real. I mean, sickness, death, sorrow, and separation, that was not God's initial plan. Right. And when sin came into this world, it brought all of that. Yes. And to your point, the sorrow and the loss and the death and the separation does stir up in you this longing to be with Christ where it is perfect, where there is no longer sin and sorrow and separation and death. So it does, I think for me, like one of the strongest lessons that I learned was there, there's something better and I need to have my hope in the something better, not in what I can build for myself here. Yeah. Because this is all temporary. It is. This is all temporary. It can be taken away in a moment. Yep. And we experienced that. Yep. It was taken away. Yeah. And, but if my hopes are pinned to the things that are around me, that's a really sad place to be. And I don't think I, I don't think I realized that I was there. No. And I don't think you realize you're there until you don't have it. Right. Um, and you know, all of this, it, it reminded me and in a very, you know, the story of Job obviously connects with suffering pretty significantly, but it did remind me of of the story of Job. And he says, I think in chapter two and verse 10, he says to his wife, shall we not accept evil from the hand of the Lord, just like we accepted good. Mm -hmm. And it does get you to that point where you have to say, I live in a sin cursed world and bad things happen, but God is still in control and I need to hope in him, Mm -hmm. not in my circumstances Mm -hmm. or not in my possessions or not in my position and again, that's, that's nice to, and I, f- I found myself saying that I can say that when things are going really well and I have a good job and I have a place to live and my loved ones are alive mm-hmm. and I haven't been sick. Can I say that when all of that's been taken away? Mm-hmm. Does my worship and commitment to the one true God depend on whether I have good things mm-hmm. or not? What is, is it Job that says the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, can, can you say that? Right. Genuinely. Genuinely. Not just ideally, not right. just theoretically. Right. But I think that's what, I mean, that's really what suffering does, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, suffering puts the practicality to your faith. Mm-hmm. No longer are you free just to say, oh yes, I trust God. Mm-hmm. You have to live every day like you trust God, mm-hmm. right? Because you're being forced to live every day like you trust God. So I think that was that was one of the incredible values that came from this is that I, I can't just theoretically hope in God. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's a lot more real yeah. at this point mm-hmm. than it was before. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> You think of a movie scene and you've got this main character center stage and all of the lights drop out and then there's just this one spotlight. And you know, it's kind of been like that. You know, like everything went dark. Yeah. And the only thing you could do was look up. Yes. At the Lord and look to his word. And can, can you look to the Lord when everything else is dark? And that doesn't seem like a good and gracious God to let everything go dark. But when you realize that that darkness forces you to look up at the light, it's like, that's actually incredible grace. It is. And it's incredible grace for God to help your heart not to be attached to the things of this world. Yeah. To help your heart long for. Mm. I I don't know that in my life I've ever longed to be with him Mm. more Mm. Than I had, than I do now, mm. and if that's the result mm. of suffering, then I'm, I, I'm thankful for it. Yeah, mm. that's powerful. Yeah, that's hard to say. It is hard to say because <laughs> when you've been through enough, 
you're like, but I don't want another thing to come. (laughs) Like if we say that, is that the magic, you know, like that, um, (laughs) what was that old commercial where they push that easy button or whatever (laughs) and everything gets easy. So if we say that hard enough and loud enough, does that mean nothing else is is going to happen? happen. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, But it does, it makes, it reorients your life. Yeah. In good ways. Yeah. In necessary ways. Yeah. In ways that probably I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. And if that's the case, then this is grace. Yeah. This is God's grace in reorienting my heart towards him in deep and genuine and real ways. Mm -hmm. And so it's good. Mm -hmm. So I think those were some of the kind of the biggest lessons. Yeah. For me, at least. Yeah. That's really good. Um, I think for me, what was really rocked in my mind was... This idea that when you sacrificially obey, then God's automatically going to bless you in a big way. Yeah. You know, like if you give $15, God's going to give you 30. You know, if you, (laughs) if you sell your little house, you're going to get a big house, you know, like I think I've just been conditioned to think that way. And so, you know, to almost a prosperity gospel type of it really really at its core it is and i did not realize that i believed that sure and so when we're in this situation where we feel like we've given everything and then not only did we not receive equal we got nothing (laughs) (laughs) in in a lot of ways i mean i think you could say it that way Mm -hmm. when when the dust settled right and I really, really, really wrestled with that because yeah. I thought, okay, so I guess I'm done obeying God. Yeah. I mean, if this is what you get, I'm just done. Yeah. And so the Lord really, 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 I guess you could say, took me to school about that mentality. And I know even our pastor has alluded to this recently that, you know, sometimes when you obey God, your life will get harder. Yeah. And, um, and so just this, just really wrestling with this idea that sacrificial obedience implies hardship. Yeah. The word sacrifice is the idea of giving something up that is dear to you. Yeah. And is, is that act of obedience enough in, in, in showing that you love God? And, and if God doesn't give you back equally, and he takes more away, mm-hmm. is God still good? Mm-hmm. And so it really has been, and I would even say within the last few months, still wrestling with that, like, is God enough? Mm-hmm. And so, and I, and I can say, even though I don't live this out on the daily, God is enough. He is better than houses. He yeah. is better than land. He is, you know, you even hate to say it because it sounds cold hearted, but he's better than family. He's better mm-hmm. than friends. Mm-hmm. He's better than absolutely everything. And if, if it's all, you know, taken away from you, he is still good enough mm-hmm. and he is satisfactory. So that's been, I would say probably in a nutshell, that's probably been the biggest thing that mm-hmm. I've learned through all of this is that God is enough. Um, but also that um, hardship is not meant to endure alone. I cannot say enough about our church family in Utah um, that just came alongside us through these past few years and honestly are still coming alongside us with sure. texts and yeah. phone calls and cards and things like that where they've just... You know, even in the Lord endeared me to those people when we had COVID. I mean, because I was still well. And so the burden of the house and the burden of cooking and and all of those things fell to me. Um, And they provided us a meal every night. Yeah. Um, And that's just one example of how kind they were to us. And... And I know with so many of the people that I've interviewed uh, for Cloud of Witnesses, they have testified again and again of how the body of Christ has come alongside them and has carried them along. And so I am eternally indebted to those precious friends. Um, I remember um, maybe one of the most impacting, spiritually impacting and encouraging things that happened over the last three years 
um, we were sick with COVID. And I, it might have been right after mom passed away. It was. I don't remember. It was. But I think it was a Sunday. Yeah, it was. And we still couldn't get, get out to church. And they all came over to the house and they stood on the grass outside. <laughs> and um, they sang for us. And I swear, that was the best song I ever heard <laughs> in my life. Yeah. And there was no choir that could match that. <laughs> and look, it was it was 20 people standing on our yard <laughs> in the middle of summer <laughs> singing to the best of their ability and it was the most beautiful song I'd ever heard. Yeah, it was it was incredibly moving and I thought you know, what what did the neighbors think of those, right. you know, that little crowd of precious believers singing with all their heart to encourage yeah. us and to give glory to the Lord. So and we've think... also, even along the way, we've already mentioned people in this, <laughs> people who have come alongside or people that yeah. God has providentially put in our pathway. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, it is, it's the body of Christ yeah. that time and time again has been there at the right moment, yep. at the right time yep. to provide encouragement or a cup of cold water. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. I always <laughs> think back to the illusion in Hebrews 12 of that we're running a race and yeah. Uh, we just cannot emphasize enough the encouragement the body of Christ can be um, yeah. to a believer who is enduring great difficulty. We all yeah. desperately need each other. Yeah. Um, and so we need God's word. We need his promises. We need his songs. We need his strength. We need his joy. I'm working through another Christian biography right now, and she talked about how she was in a difficult time and um, how the verse, the joy of the Lord is my strength came to mind and it just immediately helped her. And I thought, I've never thought about, um, the Lord having joy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, I just, I, a few days ago, I made myself sit still and think about the Lord having joy and about how his joy can be my strength. I don't mm -hmm. know. Is I've had a hard time wrapping my mind around it, but I want to just sit in that and yeah. and really meditate on that, how the Lord's joy could be my strength. Yeah. And I want that to translate into me um, having joy, but I need his joy to have strength. Um, so those things have really, really, really um, resonated with me and have really been highlighted in my mind and my heart and my life through all of this. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jason, for, um, honestly, for being vulnerable, um, and for being willing to share personal parts of your life, um, in the last few years. Um, I'm just, I'm blessed and I'm honored and I'm thankful for your willingness. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. And thanks for encouraging me to do this. I don't know that I would have done it on my own. <laughs> Because that's just who I am. <laughs> but I don't know that that's a good thing. <laughs> so God God entrusts us with these stories uh, to steward them well. And so I appreciate you helping me steward this story yeah. well. Well, I wanted to end with a hymn. That's one thing that I've really been drawn to as a result of reading so many Christian biographies is hymns. And sure. I know in our modern era, sometimes we think the hymns are so passe. Yeah. Um, but I have really just been renewed in my interest in hymns um, because their words are so rich and often very memorable. I mean, honestly, sure. it's poetry. Yeah. And so these are just wonderful tools that can get stuck in our head and the Holy Spirit can bring them back to mind. And so um, I have the privilege of, I will say very humbly, playing the piano for our church. And so I was working um, through something to play for Sunday, and I found um, an arrangement of the hymn, Jesus is All the World to Me, um, and it's by Will and Elizabeth Thompson. And so um, I don't know, it just blessed me so much when I was thinking through the words. And so I asked Jason if he would just help me read this. Um, to you all. So that's how we're going to end. Yeah, I'd be today. glad to help out with okay. that. Okay. Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. 
He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. When I am sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me, my friend in trial sore. I go to him for blessings, and he gives them o'er and o'er. He sends the sunshine and the rain. He sends the harvest golden grain. Sunshine and rain, harvest of grain. He's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me, and true to him I'll be. Oh, how could I this friend deny when he's so true to me? Following him, I know I'm right. He watches o'er me day and night. Following him by day and night, he's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I'll trust him when life's fleeting days shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy. He's my friend.